Hi everyone and welcome back to the Purposeful Provision podcast. We are talking all about outdoor learning today and my guest today is Lucy Horn. Good morning Lucy. Hello, how are you? I'm not bad, thank you Lucy. It's a bit cold where I am. What about you? Yeah, same here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So today Lucy, we're going to talk a little bit about outdoor learning. But just to start us off, Lucy, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I've been teaching now for seven years. I I did... um, a year in year three and two years in year one and then came over to the dark side of early years so and have never left since um which probably I think a lot of people once they go there it's really hard to get out of it I can imagine um I currently work in a little tiny village school so um my perspective today will be very different from a lot of people um but hopefully will help those village schools out because there's not a lot of help for us out there Um, especially when you're in mixed ages as well. So I have nursery, reception and year one um, all together, which is absolutely lovely. And it's brilliant to have year one provision with us as well. But it comes with its challenges. So I think today I'm hopefully going to give a little bit of advice to people who need it. Fantastic. That is a challenge because obviously you're crossing over from two different curriculum areas there, aren't you? And being able to respond to the curriculum using outdoor provision that's quite a challenge especially for year one children. Lucy what does high quality outdoor learning look like to you? Well first of all I think it definitely um, you need your provision organised I think that definitely comes first with high quality um, outdoor provision Um, making sure that all your resources are tailored to the children's needs um, and also as well I- interactions with adults I think that has been really pulled out lately and I think everyone's talking about interactions and high quality interactions but it really is true you've got to be able to talk to your children asking questions and almost seeing it as a bit of and somebody told, told me this one year when we were doing a lot of practice of it a bit like a tennis match you're trying to bat that ball backwards and forwards getting those conversations going with the children and tuning into that play that they're doing making sure that what they're doing how can you um adapt with that curriculum pull the curriculum links in to push your children further and when you go outside and if you if you're a early years leader you're a teacher you just want to take that step back to look at your team are they interacting with their children are the children engaged in the resources that you've put out for them um, because sometimes, and I know this is definitely one for all early years teachers, when you go outside and your children are just racing around in circles constantly, constantly, which is fine because children do need to exercise. And it's really important that we promote that healthy lifestyle of exercising. But there is a point where you think, right, now where is this learning going? And making sure if your children are running around in circles, are they actually enthused by the stuff that you're putting out for them, the, the choosing areas. Um, so to me, it's definitely your resources and it's the interactions. Are adults enthused about going outside? And like I say, again, it's not everybody's cup of tea. So how can you make those adults enthused to going outside? And it might be even something down to, is everybody warm enough? That is that is usually the thing. Is everybody warm enough and have got the resources themselves to go outside if it's windy, if it's rainy, um, has everyone got their raincoats? Have they got spare shoes at school? And it sounds really silly, but if we get our adults kitted out with all the bits and pieces they need and the children, then together that should bring high quality outside provision. Fantastic. Lovely. Thank you for that, Lucy. <laughs> 
So, Lucy, we've had a little chat beforehand in the green room about your strategy. Would you like to tell our listeners what strategy are you bringing to the podcast today? Yeah, so for me, I think to help me love our outdoor provision was definitely to become organised with our resources. And our early years, early years advisor came in a while ago to chat to us about where things are placed for the children and what to put in them and how to enhance them, which really has helped us out. Um, because first of all, our early years setting, the mud kitchen wasn't near the mud. So that was one of our first things that you really have got to move. And um, we didn't have a small world provision outside. And it was just a little bit higgledy-piggledy. And sometimes you can get stumped just at those small things when you're on your own. Um, so you've just got to look at the basicness, first of all, when you go outside. Is everything where it should be? Is it accessible? Is it going to catch their eyes? Is it in the right places? And once we'd moved everything around, we realized, actually, we need core resources, resources that we need to bring out every single day. Doesn't matter what the weather is, these core resources need to come out every single day. So we have a box of small world resources, a box of water resources, um, sand toys and construction, and they come out every single day. And then we kind of thought, well, children love these resources, but sometimes they only go so far or sometimes they need that little bit extra to make them more excited in their learning. So we've introduced what we call enhancement bags and they are just drawstring bags and we have filled them with the resources that we owned in school and we've sectioned them off depending on what there is. So for example, there is a police bag or there's a snakes and ladders bag and you might think actually there is more that are suitable in the summer. So for example, maybe a picnic bag, things like that might come out when the weather gets a little bit warmer. And it's just making sure that these bags are accessible for the children. So at first, when when we'd done them all and we'd organised them, we'd put the little picture on so the children know exactly what goes back into the bag. Because you can imagine with a lot of our little people that these bags get pulled everything out and nothing gets put back in. So we're making sure that everything gets put back in these bags, more for our sanity. So when we done all, when we did all that, I also made a catalogue so the children could flick through the catalogue to decide which bag they wanted. You had to go to an adult. Can I have this bag? And this was just to also ensure that there wasn't going to be a million and one bags out again and nothing put back in. And it's just teaching the children that responsibility. When you're finished, pop it away for someone else to choose. But at first, we did, it did come with its challenges because we had them in big boxes and the children would root around and eventually I think they got sick of rooting around for bits and pieces and things had fallen out. And I currently have an amazing TA and she, we, we were stood outside the other day and I said, this isn't working. How can we make this work? And we looked around and we found we had these, uh, we've got a lot of timber in our um, outdoor fridge, a lot of wood. And we had these round metal bits here and there. And we decided it'd be a really good idea to get almost, you know, um, climbing hook, um, little pegs that you would clip onto things. So we got them and we've clipped the bags onto them. So now the children can go up to them. The bags don't need to move. They don't need to be sprawled around everywhere. They're hooked onto these uh, metal poles, really. And the children access what's in them. And obviously we have had horrendous weather recently. It's been awful. And my heart does go out to all those early years teachers who've been stood there 
in practically a monsoon out there um, in your raincoats and really going for the early yearsness with the powder paints, everything like that. Um, and it's just deciding actually, is it appropriate to bring out the soft materials in the bags? Is that going to actually enhance their learning at this point? Or is it going to cause you to go home and do a lot of washing? So it does come depending on how far you want to take it. And obviously with me being on my own as a teacher in our early years provision, um, I have to think about workload as well alongside what is best for the children. So you can kind of take it as far as you want to take it. But we have found the children really like it. Wonderful. Lucy, I really love this idea of the catalogue that you mentioned. I've <laughs> never heard a single thing quite like that. So you've obviously got a nursery reception year one class. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about how this catalogue works and does it work for all of the ages that you've got? It it does. It does take a bit of training, as you can imagine. And I had my lovely year ones last year in reception. So they've come up this year and they know. They know what to do, which is really helpful for me because I've got some fantastic role models. So with our little catalogue, it's just the pictures that we've got on the bags. But obviously it's in a more child friendly way that they can look through and decide what they want. And it does take, like I say, a little bit of training rather than I want this and I want this and I want this. And they've got to really have a little look. And why do they want that? What what are they going to do with that bag? How do you know how to use this bag? So again, it's a lot of questioning, which is really good for our children. They're hearing you asking really good questions. What are you going to do with the things in this bag? Where are you going to take them? Oh, could you do this? Could you do that? Giving them ideas. Because I think in early years, what we don't sometimes take really big advantage of is modeling, modeling for our children when they come in nursery and especially in reception where they've not been in your setting before, our children sometimes haven't been modeled play and it's really important that they get to see what to do. And a lot of the time, I've definitely heard it before, we'll get earliest teachers who are really frustrated and their children just can't play. And I don't think it's that they can't play. I think it's more because they just don't know how to at the moment and that's fine. And once they know how to, it becomes a lot easier. And I definitely think my year ones have been brilliant role models for that, I have to say. I, I love that. I, I think you are completely correct about how so many of our children need support on how to play, especially outside. And I don't know if it's just because of the pandemic or for whatever reason, but a lot of our children haven't accessed um, play outside. No. And to them, being taken outside, it's, it's almost as if it's something done to them. So it's lovely that you've you've tuned into that and it's it's important obviously for staff members to feel comfortable to be able to model I also love the fact that the bags themselves could be a really good starting point for staff who perhaps are a little bit uncomfortable or a little bit unsure about what to do outside especially on those those days when it is a bit drab and it's a bit dreary and it's you're looking around and thinking oh well I might as well get the powder paint back out which is not a bad activity but the bags are a really good anchor for sort of enhancing or stepping away from sort of the atypical stuff into something a little bit deeper that's beautiful so Lucy I find it really interesting that you have a mixed nursery reception year one class that's quite a diverse group of children and I know a lot of listeners will have a mixed age group or at the very least they'll have to design provision that has to be accessed by a mixed age group so I'm just wondering how have you overcome such a broad age range in your in your cohort 
Yeah, well, it hasn't come without its challenges, I can definitely say that. And it does sometimes take a little bit of thinking about how you're going to make it work. Um, And I think a lot of it does come down to the questioning of the adults, making sure that your provision is open-ended. And this is inside and outside. Um, And it can go from things like uh, tough trays, for example, putting an activity on a tough tray. Well, how is that going to be accessible for my nursery children, my reception children and my year one child? So it does make it. It does make a huge difference when it is accessible because you can see more children go into that area and you're thinking, I've got it. And sometimes it it is wrong and that's fine. And I think we put ourselves down if something is wrong and we shouldn't. We need to make mistakes to work out what is actually going to work. Um, And I definitely think making things open-ended is definitely the way to go. Making sure that we don't put any glass ceilings there. How, because then also you might have a really, really, bright little nursery child for example who's accessing in reception and if you just put provision out for nursery well then they don't get to they don't get to have that exploration of what they can do so I definitely think open-ended resources making sure that you know there's lots of different opportunities in there is there maths links is there phonics links is there links to understanding the world can you add any extra as an adult and making sure that your adults questioning is top notch. We at our school have um, little questions, open-ended questions on a lanyard. And I probably know, I can imagine a lot of teachers are nodding here going, yep, yep, we've got them, we've got them. And they're brilliant because sometimes having conversations, especially with younger children, I do find this, when they get more to the end of reception year one, they get in the hang of it. When they're in that play, and you're talking to them it's almost sometimes as if they're like are you still talking (laughs) and you can see them looking at you as if to say right I'm 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 playing here but it's making sure that they are starting to now interact with you and having these questions are really helpful because it makes them think a little bit more rather than having that closed question that they're too busy to answer because they're choosing (laughs) and they're so in depth with their play Um, we found them really really helpful especially as well if you've got somebody who's new in early years and they need they're not sure about how to ask a question I found them really really helpful do you mind sharing those I mean if would you be able to send any kind of photograph of them or electronic version and I can put them in the network for the members yeah of course yeah lovely um so you're saying that um, sort of the challenge, the sort of depth and the provision, it's really about the adult. It's about the adult finding somewhere to deepen the learning. So you you can pretty much provide very similar resources for children. It's all about the interactions that children yeah. have with the adult. Lovely. Absolutely. It's knowing your curriculum inside out. It's it's knowing that curriculum um, standing on your head and really thinking, right, how is this child going to access this area and how far are they going to access it? And knowing your children as well, I think. Fantastic. Um, something I do talk to um, people about is um, this idea of reciprocal teaching. So you teach one child something and then the expectation, or it sometimes happens naturally, that child will then teach another child. Do you find that your older year one children tend to do a lot of teaching of the younger reception of nursery children? 
Absolutely. I think they are brilliant. They are some of the best little teachers in my classroom. I'm not going to lie. They can speak so well to our nursery children and our reception children. And I think our younger children look up to them. We did have at the start of the year where they tried to mother them. And there's some slightly different things. And our little nursery would just kind of follow them round. And I had to say, you know, even though we are younger, we are still our own person with our own decisions and our own rights to choose what we want to do but once we got over that stage because obviously when the nursery come in they are absolutely gorgeous and they are very cute to our little year ones they just love them but once we got over that stage and we talked a lot about role models and looking at if you know if the year ones are running around all the others are going to run around because that's because that's what they think should be doing but actually when we spoke and we modelled how we should be acting, then that followed through to our year ones and it's following through again. And it's it's working out really, really well. I'm a big fan of this mixed age learning if, if you really tune into it and it's hard to do, it's not easy. And I do, my heart does go out to anybody who's got mixed age classes and I'm not saying it's an easy thing to do. It's very, very difficult, but if you really work with it, you can make it work. Um, Lucy, that's been fantastic. Thank you so much. I think people will take an awful lot away from this week's podcast. So if people have got some questions or they want to find out a little bit more, what is the best way to reach out to you? Yeah, you can uh, get in contact with me on my Instagram, which is Mrs. Unicorn EYFS. The name does make sense if you know the story behind it. <laughs> my children love to call me Mrs. Unicorn, which rounds with horn. It sounds much nicer for me at school. But yeah, please feel free anytime to contact me. And like I say, if you're in a mixed age uh, learning group and you really just need a little bit of support or just somebody to rant to, to talk to, I am there because I know how it feels on the other side. But you can do it. That's my big thing. That's fantastic. Thank you so much, Lucy. Have a nice rest of your day. I will do. Thank you very much. Thank you.